Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Time now for the Coors Light Louisville Basketball Post Game Show. Right here on ESPN Louisville. Cards Basketball is also presented by UofL Health. Making the impossible possible. That's the power of you. Kelly Jobs, the employment solution experts. Kellyjobs.com. Bear Nose Pizza. Yeah, it's that good. Cox's Spirit Shop and Evergreen Liquors. Louisville's neighborhood liquor store. UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobsky.com. And Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Now, here's your host, Taylor Lynch. Welcome into your Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Taylor Lynch hanging out with you guys tonight as the cards are victorious. 79-67, the final score. Louisville tops Georgia Tech in this one. It is the first back-to-back ACC home wins for the cards in two years. They take down Florida State last Saturday and take down Georgia Tech this Saturday night, and man, what a night it was at the KFCM Center. We've had a lot of ups and downs, mostly downs this season for Louisville basketball and last season, so it's not that often that we get to celebrate something really good happening, and something really good happened at the KFCM Center tonight, and we are going to put everything else aside, and we're going to enjoy what happened tonight. Uh, When we started this game out, neither team necessarily came out shooting the ball very well Uh, i think louisville brought some good energy and some intensity early on even though shots weren't falling for them um, they kept going after they kept fighting Um, at one point both teams were a combined two of 14 in field goals like i said it was it was ugly to start but the cards overall in that first half they looked better defensively they were getting some deflections they were you know, making things difficult for Georgia Tech. And and that was a stark contrast to what we've seen the last two games for Louisville defensively, where they have really, really struggled really all season, but especially in these last two games, they have struggled. The offense has been there, and the offense has been improving and getting better. But defensively, they were a nightmare in that first half. But the cards, or they were, sorry, they've been a nightmare, but in the first half, they were really good. Uh, They were getting out in transition a little bit. They did a good job holding Georgia Tech for the most part to one shot and then done. But the problem for Louisville was Miles Kelly for Georgia Tech. And and you knew that he was not going to have back-to-back games of being a non-factor. And he was certainly a factor for Georgia Tech in the first half of this one. He was nailing some threes early at the break. Georgia Tech had 32 points. He had a two-point lead. It was 32-30. 
And Kelly had 21 of those 32 points for Georgia Tech. So as well as Louisville was doing defensively on just about everybody else for Georgia Tech, they were struggling um, with Kelly. But they came out in the second half. Georgia Tech kind of started trying to get some paint touches. They were converting some of those. The cards hit only their second three of the night with 12.42 to go in that second half. And Louisville starting to, started to kind of do some of the things that we've seen them do. They started turning the ball over. They were and they were and it wasn't like forced turnovers either. It wasn't like Georgia Tech was was forcing the turnovers. Louisville was just being careless with the basketball, and we've seen that be a problem for them over and over and over again. So you start to think, okay, maybe you know, here here we go again. Louisville's gonna they're gonna have that you know tale of two halves thing where we've seen that happen to them quite a bit where they come out and they play really bad in the first half and really well in the second half and it kind of looked like there for a few minutes that maybe they were going to play really well in the first half and then not so well in the second half and let this thing slip away and they tried to uh, georgia tech at one point they were up 58 49 louisville was just started to give up offensive rebounds it looked like they were wearing down defensively and you're like man here we go again they were getting beat back door but then you have Sky Clark go to the free throw line. And I feel like this was a pivotal moment in the second half of this game. Sky Clark goes to the free throw line. He hits two. It's 62-62 with 422 left. Georgia Tech takes the ball, goes right down the court, travels. Louisville gets the ball back. Caleb Glenn gets a put back. And the cards take the lead. And at that point, it's a 13-2 run. For Louisville, Trey, right, Trey White hits a three. It's 67-62. Extend that run. Now it's an 18-2 Louisville one run with 2.23 to go. The Cards at one point get that lead up to nine with a minute 18 to go. 73-64. Now we're a 21-5 run. Over the last eight minutes of the second half, it was a 32-11 overall run for Louisville. They did not do the things that we have characteristic, characteristically seen Louisville do. They did not wilt under the pressure. They did not fold. They kept fighting. They put a run together. And they, they I said it in the Florida State game, that they started to kind of answer runs with runs, and that was something we hadn't seen. Louisville did that tonight. They pushed back when Georgia Tech tried to go on a run. It was impressive. It was fun to watch. Caleb Glenn was incredible tonight. Absolutely incredible. You get six double-digit scores for the first time for Louisville in eight years. Eight years it's been since Louisville had that many double-digit scores. It was a fantastic effort for Louisville. The first time, I think, really all season that we have seen the cards put together two good halves of basketball. And it's, it's a moment that we've been waiting for all season long. We finally got it here tonight as the Cards put together two good halves of basketball and beat Georgia Tech 79-67 to in this one. The Cards are now 3-10 and in conference play, so we have a three-way tie at the bottom of the ACC between Louisville, Georgia Tech, and Notre Dame. Let's open up the phone lines. It'll be no surprise our first guy in here tonight my man, Lloyd Lawrence. Welcome into your Coors Light Louisville Basketball Post Game, buddy. What's up? Yeah, I kind of pulled off a tail of the last um, post game because I fell asleep waiting on <laughs> talking to it. <laughs> so, I'm wide, I'm wide awake right now, but 
it was great to see Caleb Williams have a game of of his life tonight. You want to know why? Because when you're a hometown kid, born and raised in Louisville, seeing the ups and downs with this program, and you go out there and give your all every single game because you are playing for the University of Louisville, the program you grew up cheering for, it's, it's a great thing to see. Tonight, they played way better defense as they've been playing this whole this whole season. Because I've been saying, I said for the last couple of months, they're going to score offensively. Rebounding defense is going to be a whole different story. And that has been the different story for this last couple of games. I know it's Georgia Tech. They, they're in the bottom half of the league. But a win is a win. And it's, it's going to be some people who still ain't going to give Kenny Payne a chance, and some people who still going to judge Kenny Payne after this season. But tonight, let's all come together and celebrate this win because we don't got too many right now because we're 8-16 eight, we're eight right now. So mm-hmm. let's, just celebrate, let's, let's just celebrate this win tonight and worry about the um, next game. Was that on, on Wednesday? Uh, Tuesday night. And who did they play? Boston College. Yeah, they should have won that one, but who knows? <laughs> but tonight, but tonight, the game was over. To me, after when Trey White hit that three pointer in the corner. Yep. Because just like because when Lou was down by ten, I thought the game was over. Because when Georgia Tech went up by 10, I thought the game's over. I thought they were just going to fold and just not play play anymore. But they but they um, came back. They played hard. And they got, they got the victory over, over a bad Georgia Tech team. And I don't like the fact that they let that kid put up, what, 38 points? 35. 35 points. I don't know who's the best defense player on this team right now, but you don't. Well, I ain't gonna see. That's a whole another different story. Because if, <laughs> if I start, if I start that rant, man, it's gonna yep. take, it's gonna it's gonna probably um, be ranting the whole night. But great win tonight. Um, I hope Caleb Glenn is the player of the game, and um, I have to say Tyler Johnson defense player of the game. Uh, he did call some next um, defensive collection and all that. Because how long has it been since you saw a rule with defense um, to select the ball? Yeah. <laughs> so, great win tonight. Um, guys, take it easy on Taylor because he normally don't stay up this late. So I- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my man. I appreciate the call, Lawrence. <laughs> he, he knows me so well. He knows it. We it's, all know it's you, almost, I know. I know. Look, it, it, you all killed me last weekend. Last last Saturday was was rough, but your, your boy's hanging in there tonight. No, uh, Lawrence makes a good point. I don't know. I don't think there is a great defensive player on this team. I think that tonight they just played good team defense for the first time in a very long time. We saw them. They looked connected. Uh, they looked dialed in defensively. And look, I mean, we talked about it on on LSL this week. 
Ethan thought that this was probably going to be a win for Louisville tonight. I thought it was likely uh, that they would win tonight, but not, of course, not for certain. Uh, and I think they've got a good chance against Boston College the rest of the way. But again, we can put all of the what's going to happen at the end of the year. What do we think is going to happen with Kenny Payne? You know, blah, 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 blah. We can put all of that stuff kind of to the side tonight because look, if they, if they win 10 games, 11 games, whatever, at the end of the year, the record is still what the record is and a decision is going to be made based on that. But tonight we can just enjoy the fact that Louisville got a win because like Lawrence said, these have not been, uh, these have been few and far between. And he kind of, he kind of beat me to the punch, but so we'll go ahead and get to this. Your Juan Gomez insurance player of the game, without a doubt, it's Caleb Glenn. A double-double tonight for him, 15 points, 13 rebounds. Um, the best game, the, the game that we've been waiting to see for Caleb. Uh, just a fantastic performance for him. Louisville's going to need a lot more of that um, if they want to try to keep this these winning ways going here. So Caleb Glenn, your Juan Gomez insurance player of the game. And then it's like Lawrence looked at my notes before he called in your BJ heating and cooling defensive player of the game. It's Tyler Johnson, two steals, a couple of of deflections. He was everywhere. He had active hands. He was everywhere defensively. He was kind of leading the charge for Louisville on the defensive side of the ball. So Tyler Johnson, your BJ heating and cooling defensive player of the game, BJ Call the experts you can trust. Let's go back to the phone lines. Cardinal cam has been waiting. Cam, welcome in, man. What's up? Hey fellas. How's it going? It's going. It feels good to win, don't it? <laughs> it sure does. Yeah, I, yeah. I just want to, you know, I just want people to be able to enjoy this win, just like Lawrence said. Kind of on. We haven't had too many of those, and this was a really good team win. You know, these past couple of games where we won, it's kind of kind of makes the coaching search and all that stuff a little bit on the back burner, so you can kind of enjoy the game more. If you know what I mean, yeah. But regardless, whatever those answers are to those questions at the end of the season, just enjoy the game tonight. You got a hometown kid that continuously plays hard, and now is getting the uh, playing time to show what he can do. So I just urge everybody, just enjoy that, man. That was a good team win, fun game to watch. That's what we've been missing. So have a good one. Absolutely appreciate it, Cardinal Cam. Like I said, the, these are fun. You need it's it's okay, and and I think that there's like there's a bit of a fracture in the fan base, and there's a a bit of you know people feel like they can't enjoy the wins, but yet still want there to be a coaching change at the end of the season. And it's and it, and you're allowed to do both. <laughs> you're allowed to enjoy the wins when they happen because we've suffered for a while as a fan base. So you are 100% allowed to enjoy the wins and still feel like there needs to be a change at the end of the year. That's, that's fine. That's okay. They don't, they, they're not mutually exclusive. Like you, yeah, you can feel that both ways. Yeah. It's like the pros where, you know, there's a draft and it's like, Oh, we can tank for a better pick and you can be mm-hmm. frustrated with, you know, winning that way in the pros, but in college there's no, you know, no draft obviously. And like to your point, yeah, we've been critical and rightly so at times, but tonight, like you said, Caleb Glenn, finally we see the potential yes. that we knew was there with him, dating back to his time, you know, with Mel, then La Lumiere last year, and then he's here. And, you know, early in the year, I wanted him to get some more run in those, you know, so-called buy games early mm-hmm. in the year. And 
he unfortunately just wasn't physically ready at the time, and like he got beat a lot. And now he's finally showing to his own in ACC play, and this is the kind of you know energy we need down the stretch to you know just be a good teammate out there and just bring the energy, and that is you know contagious with these guys. And I think his future is bright if he stays here four years. I think so too, and I and you talk about energy. I mean, you could see it on TV. Like there was some energy in the Yum Center tonight, and it's amazing what happens when you put a good product out there on the court, and when Louisville's playing well, the energy will be there from the fans. And and you know, to Kenny's credit, and I've been one of the more critical people of Kenny, and I, and I own it, but to his credit, I mean, he said it in his post game. You know, like it's our job to give the fans something to be excited about and to be energetic about and to want to come to the yum center and and fill it up and give us that energy so i mean he owns it too so but it was definitely a a fun environment to be in we're there tonight uh to get to watch louisville get this win 79 67 over georgia tech it felt a little bit spence in that first half where for the last couple of games we've seen louisville with prolific offensive numbers and just downright terrible defensive numbers it felt like we kind of got flipped on our heads here in the first half where Louisville defensively came out and they played really well offensively it was a drag and they were struggling and Louisville shot 32 percent in the first half and you're like is is this going to be like the inverse of the previous games but then they came out in the second half and they shot 45 percent and they outscored uh, Georgia Tech 49-35 in the second half when they were down 30-32 at halftime so they kind of flipped the script in the second half. They did a better job, I think, on uh, Miles Kelly for Georgia Tech in the second half. He wasn't as wide open at times as he was in that first half. Uh, and I think that was a huge difference maker as well because he was their offense. He finished with 36 points uh, for Georgia Tech. The next highest score for Tech was he had eight points. So, I mean, he was everything for Georgia Tech tonight. And uh, Louisville did a much better job on him in the second half. Let's go back to the phone lines. Damian has been waiting. Damian, welcome into your Coors Light Louisville basketball post game. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just want to say, want to just clarify this. I'm happy that we won, but I'm a little concerned about what I'm starting to see being posted on the internet. You got C.L. Brown writing an article saying that we just need one scrappy star player, and now he's all in Kenny's corner, rah, rah, rah. And you got the Brahms supporting Kenny on Twitter. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with this, but what's concerning me and what I wish, and I'm so angry with Josh, is that I wish that we wouldn't be in this situation if Josh had just come out and just pulled the plug after the U.K. game. Because now this gives all these KP Mafia people the support that they want to say, oh, we'll give Kenny another year. Why? Why do we need to give Kenny another year? Okay, they beat Georgia Tech, a bottom feeder. A bottom feeder. I'm sorry. This is not Louisville basketball. This is not something that we need to be cheering about. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm happy that we won. But I feel like that this is just um, this just shows Josh's ineptitude because if he had pulled the plug after the UK game, we would not have had to be in this situation where the KP Mafia is going to be out in full force screaming to give Kenny another year. And so I just want to say that I'm 
Um, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I just feel like that this is just more fuel for them. And here we are going to give this man another year probably because Josh didn't have the testicular fortitude to pull the plug after the U.K. game. game. So that's just my thoughts on this. I feel like I'm just disgusted right now as a Louisville fan that we're even in this situation, that we have to deal with the fact that this man might come back for another year and further just destroy this program. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it, Damian. Uh, if I had a bingo card tonight, testicular fortitude was not on the bingo card for the Coors Light postgame after a win. But I understand where Damian's coming from in the sense that I think a lot of the fan base kind of feels this way where there is a little bit of fear in that, you know, if Louisville goes on a run against some of these bottom feeder bad teams in the league, which again, the the back half of the schedule is way more manageable uh, than the front half of the conference slate was. When you look at what Louisville's got the rest of the way, they go to Boston College Tuesday night. They've got Pitt on Saturday, Notre Dame, Duke. That'll be the toughest game left on the schedule. Then they've got Syracuse again, Virginia Tech, and Boston College again to round out the back half of the schedule. So Louisville's got an opportunity to stack some wins here. But I think it's one of those things where when you look at the in – in a vacuum, you look at, okay, Louisville won tonight, and everybody's got some good vibes and good feelings because Louisville won. But when we get to the end of the year, just like I said earlier, when we get to the end of the year and Louisville's got 11 wins or 10 wins or, you know, hell, even 12 wins, you're still going to look at it and go, last year they had four, this year they had 12. In the history of Louisville basketball, these are the two worst seasons, and they happened under Kenny Payne's watch. I still... Look, a win against Georgia Tech does not change for me the fact that there should be and will likely be a coaching change at the end of the year. We beat Georgia Tech last year, Taylor. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like, I mean, yeah, again, I'm happy they won. Don't get me wrong there. And you know, we tell people, we're not going to tell you how to fan. Like, Damien's entitled his opinion. Yeah. Other callers, you know, feel however you want to feel tonight. Like, that's your right as a fan. And I just think, you know, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. And. Again, I don't think Josh is going to be sitting here at the end of the day, you know, like we have doubled the win total from last year. Get those jokes out of the way now. <laughs> right. But, but, like, we still know where it's going. But, you know, I got to be, you know, give this up for the guys, the players. They're playing their ass off. And, you know, the yes. second week in a row, we have won a game, and the team of the road has lost a game. Yes. It's a, be- it's a beautiful thing when you can enjoy those because we haven't been able to enjoy that very much around here. So, yes, we always will will enjoy the moments when Louisville wins and Kentucky loses and we can kick our feet up and, and enjoy it. So we're going to enjoy this one tonight. Just like I said, everything that's going to happen at the end of the year can happen at the end of the year. Um, but we've only had now eight of these moments this season to enjoy it. And we're going to enjoy it. And I'm going to enjoy it because of what I saw on the court from these guys. The the toughness and the tenacity that they played with. We'll run down some of the numbers here for you. Mike James finished the night with 11 points. Brandon Huntley Hatfield with 12 points in 28 minutes. Caleb Glenn, 15 points, 13 rebounds. Just a fantastic night for him. Trey White pitched in 14 points and 6 rebounds. One assist for him. Sky Clark, 11 points. Two rebounds, two assists. Uh, Tyler Johnson comes in, gives you 12 points. uh, Eight of eight from the free throw line for the freshman. Five assists for him and uh, 
one rebound, sorry. And then uh, Okorafor comes in, gives you four points in his five minutes of play. I mean, it was an impressive overall effort for Louisville. The cards for the game shot 39%, but again, shot 45% in the second half. Louisville 22 of 57 from field goal range, 22% from beyond the arc, just 4 of 18 for Louisville, but 91% from the free throw line. The cards did really in the second half, and, and some in the first half, but really in the second half, they did what they do well, which is get fouled, get to the free throw line, and convert at the free throw line. And Louisville did that uh, in this game, 31 for 34 from the charity stripe. Uh, 12 turnovers for the cards, 15 for Georgia Tech. Louisville got 20 points off of those 15 turnovers for the Yellow Jackets. Total rebounds, uh, Louisville out-rebounds Georgia Tech tonight, 41 to 36, 13 offensive rebounds for the cards, 20 second chance points for Louisville to just seven second chance points for Georgia Tech. Uh, bench points 26 to 16 in favor of the Yellow Jackets. Your landing paints points in the paint. The cards dominant tonight, 30 to 18 in points in the paint tonight. Fast break points 42 in favor of the Yellow Jackets. Blocks four to one and Trey White had a massive block tonight uh, steals eight to five in favor of Georgia Tech assists 10 to 13 Louisville playing a much better second half tonight offensively uh, defensively a pretty solid effort really for the entire game let's go back to the phone lines Kevin has been waiting Kevin welcome in man what's up Hey, man, tell Damien to volunteer his time with some poor kids or something. He needs to find something to do. He's, he, that fear he's talking about has been there the whole year. That's, uh, you know, you know, and this complexity that you guys are talking about, only thing that's difficult is if you try to push a narrative and got an agenda. That fear's been there since the beginning when we were having close games and, and win them when everybody was all upset, you know, because we winning. And they just don't want that team to have any type of momentum to where that that his uh that that Kenny's uh you know uh can continue here. And that and that's what and that's how you guys have been acting all year by fanning the flames no matter what, good or bad, the house is on fire. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and that's uh you know, it's, it's here and there, and it's, it's, it's easy to see. But I just want to give the team credit as far as I, I haven't seen. I don't know. You, you know, I think on the after after show they were talking about you know uh, games of first and and things like that hadn't been this this and this. I, I just think it's it's kind of glossed over. But I thought it was uh, spectacular to shoot over thirty free throws as a team and shoot over 90%. I don't yep. know how often that's been done. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a testament there, you know, uh, to the guys. And I just think that they, uh, you know, and then another thing I kind of wanted to, the, the, the douse some water on is <clears throat> he was talking about the KP mafia. You know what KP mafia people are? They Louisville fans. We stick it with the team, no matter what, if, if something has to Kenny, we still gonna be Louisville fans. We're not gonna sit there and and do all this protesting and stuff. I mean, that's what's wrong with the country now. You got people who can't even enjoy America. 
because it depends on who's president on how, on how happy you feel uh, about how the country is. So it's easy to see how you can act like that, with, you know, with something as, as simple as basketball. But, you know, I just think that another thing that I want to pull, you know, put a little water on is, you know, to, to start trying to say what Georgia Tech's record is or what this team's record is or how bad they are when we started off with the toughest January we've ever had in the ACC. We played all the teams in the top of the conference playing North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Clemson, everybody that's the top of the conference. We played them in January. Now we get into the more manageable schedule. People want to try to downplay it because everybody can't be great. Somebody's got to be in the middle. Somebody's got to be at the bottom. It's just our turn to play those. Y'all wasn't giving us no slack when we was playing all the tough teams. You was acting like it was just as bad that we lose in the Virginia when we 2-19 and 19 against Virginia. But, you know what I'm saying, how can you be upset about losing Virginia when we're 2-19 and 19 against Virginia going back to Patino? We have a losing record against North Carolina. We got a losing record against Duke, and people's losing their mind because we lose in those games. Now we playing teams that we can manage and win, and you want to try to downplay them and, and talk about their what their record. That's what we need to cut out. If y'all want to act like the season is, you know, that we're going to objectively, you know, judge these guys based off of the game, based off of the effort, because that fear keeps popping up. You don't want to see improvement. So then there was a thing when we was playing those big teams, we was playing them tough. Now, oh, we were not in the moral victories. It's not a moral victory. You want to see the team play better. Last year we was getting beat by 30 and 40 every time out. Now we're in these games. Now we're winning some games. Calm down, enjoy it, and just wait. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But, you know, since then, putting your finger on the scale, trying to make it seem worse than what it is just because she's scared that he might get an extra year. Appreciate the call, Kevin. Uh, I, I, look, I don't think people are freaking out. There's a lot to unpack there, but I, I don't think people are freaking out over losing to uh, to uh, to North Carolina and and Duke. The, the reasons that we're freaking out are the losses to DePaul and Arkansas State and Chattanooga and Kentucky Wesleyan and choking one away against Indiana and going to double or going to overtime at home against New Mexico State squeaking one out against Bellarmine against a, a Bellarmine team that that's not very good there's no shame in losing to Virginia there's no shame in losing to North Carolina there's no shame in losing to Duke there is some lost those games though were yes there were some questions on there and you know I think we addressed it in the moment was like the way this game unfolded it's like Look, we knew we were going to lose those games. We that's just the history of Louisville basketball against those teams, right? But they looked so pitiful in some of those matchups and lost. Yeah, absolutely. That that is the problem. And yeah, Louisville's into the the weaker part of their schedule. So if they're going to win games here, then then this would be the part of the schedule that they should win games. But again, we have to evaluate it for what it is. They're playing the bottom half of the ACC right now. You're, I mean, we'll take a we'll take a quick look since we're on the subject of your ACC conference standings right now. Louisville is down here with Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. They will play Notre Dame coming up. Right above Georgia Tech right now is Boston College. They've got them uh, the very next game here. They'll play them on Tuesday night. Then they've got Virginia Tech. They play Virginia Tech uh, 
towards the end of the season as well. They're five and seven in league play. Louisville's beaten Miami, who's six and seven in league play. Louisville plays Syracuse, who's six and seven in league play. They're getting ready to play Pittsburgh at the back end of the schedule. They're six and six in league play. So Louisville plays the bottom half of the ACC the rest of the way forward. So if they're going to, and then they have Duke sprinkled in there as well. But if they're going to win games, they're going to do it against the bottom half of the league. You don't get, you know, a parade for beating the humdrums of the league. You you just don't. I mean, that's not the the standard here for Louisville basketball. I'm I'm sorry. We we say it on LSL all the time. The standard's the standard, and the standard is not three and ten and eight and sixteen in conference play. Now, damn it, I wanted to enjoy a win tonight, and now I'm not even able to do that. So this is this is what. Uh, this is what we've uh, what what has become of Louisville basketball. So your ACC conference standings, uh, your top four right now: UNC, Duke, Virginia, Wake Forest. Uh, they are at the top of the league right now. North Carolina, uh, pretty free and clear in that number one spot. They are 11 and two in conference play. Uh, Duke and Virginia both nine and three. Wake at eight and four. Florida State at seven and four. NC State at seven and six. And then, as I mentioned, Clemson and Pitt both at six and six. Syracuse and Miami at six and seven. Uh, Virginia Tech at five and seven. Boston College at four and eight. And then Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Notre Dame all three and ten. Your ACC conference standings presented by Kelly, the Employment Solutions Experts. Visit kellyjobs.com. So. Not where I thought we were going to go with that one tonight, Spence. But, you know, what can you say? Yeah, I mean, that's just the nature of just how, you know, conflicted the season's been. And I, I do want to give, you know, as critical as I've been at times of Kenny Payne, he hasn't lost the locker room at all. And no. Like, like, we, like Damian brought up, you know, I was one calling for it, you know, before the Kentucky game, like Arkansas State especially, you know, make the move now, like, why wait? You had that week and a half off after Kentucky, like, make the move now, why wait? But, you know, Kenny hasn't lost the locker room. The players, they still love him. And, you know, he's going to get to the end of the year at least. Like, I I don't think that's – I think it's in the year and then he's done. And then right as soon as Spencer's trying to make a point, the, the phones ring. 8150-939 is the number if you guys want to get in touch with us here. On your Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame show, the cards get the victory over Georgia Tech 79-67 to tonight. The next one up for the cards, they will travel to Boston College uh coming up here on tuesday night uh they will travel to chestnut hill a nine o'clock tip uh on the acc network where they will take on boston college a lot of things to be excited about a lot of things to you know to to feel good about i mean we we waiting for an opportunity to feel good and louisville gave us an opportunity to feel good tonight they gave us an opportunity to cheer from them tonight caleb glenn gave everybody a lot to cheer about. I think everybody's kind of been waiting and, and hoping for Caleb Glenn to kind of have that moment as the hometown kid to, to really come out and play well and be dominant and, and, and make his presence felt. And he did that tonight. He gave everybody in the Yum Center something to cheer about, something to be excited about. Um, this team has not quit. They have not folded. They have not given up. As bad as things have been this season, they have continued to fight. And I think that says something about the character of the guys that are on this team. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Carl, welcome into your Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame. What's up, man? Um, I'm, I'm doing great, man. I, I want to say that it was a pleasure to watch these kids play as hard as they played tonight and have the opportunity to, to – I mean, they, they could have folded at any moment during that game. And they refused to quit. And that, that's what – we have come to expect of Louisville basketball. Like you said, the team down the road tonight, they folded. 
and, and they're they're having their own problems. But it really hurts when the KP hater clan can't enjoy a victory because they're so focused on Coach Payne's job. It, 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 it just hurts. I mean, this man has helped hang a banner in the rafters of the Yum Center or Freedom Hall, and we shouldn't throw him out. He may not be our coach next year, but he's our coach right now, and we, we should support the staff. We should support these kids. We should support these programs. And to hear a supposed-to-be University of Louisville fan come on and say he is upset that they won, that, that just hurts. I, I can't believe you're a fan when you do that. Appreciate the call, my man. I mean, it, it's we are. I've never seen the fan base as fractured uh, as they are right now. Um, it's it's divisive, and when you're losing, these things happen. But I I hope that we are getting closer to to a a point where we're going to be able to come back together as a fan base. You know, we're not going to be nearly as fractured as a fan base, and we're going to be. You know, everybody's going to be back in lockstep here uh, before too long. I hope so. I hope that is that's where we're headed to. Uh, who do we have up next, Spence? We got Dana next. All right, Dana, welcome into your course, like Louisville basketball post game. What's up? Uh, good evening. Uh, I just wanted to piggyback off of what some of the other callers have been saying. You know, your first statement when you started the show was that you wanted to, you know, enjoy this win. And three callers in. It already started. It is so <laughs> sad the attitude that some some people have uh, about what happened tonight. What's been happening the last two weeks? This team has been busting their butts. I mean, have there been losses? Absolutely, but have they been playing hard from start to finish? Yes, that's what you want to see. Whether you take a loss or not, you want to continue to see that. You know, and then you know, that guy called in, and then when Kevin called in, we had to back it up and start talking about Bellarmine and our, and Arkansas State and winning by one to Mexico State. That's all part of the growing pains of rebuilding what was lost. Everybody thinks it's so easy to go out and get an NIL player or a transfer portal player. It's probably not as easy as some of you guys think it is. So if none of you guys have ever been a college coach and none of us have never been a college coach, have never been to a uh, a AU tournament, or never tried to get in contact with a transfer portal guy to see about him coming to your school along with the NIL, you don't know how difficult it is. Everybody said, well, Kenny didn't go, go get him. How do you know he didn't try? And just because he doesn't come on 93.9 and sit down and kiss everybody's butt about to tell them exactly what's going on with the program, then everybody's pissed off. But they are improving. That's what we wanted to see, improvement. And now they are improving and winning. Albeit against a lower bracket, a lower form team, it doesn't matter. And even at North Carolina, at Duke, the games they were supposed to lose, they played hard. That's all you can ask a bunch of 18- and 19-year-old kids to go out and do. 
I swear, I, I hope none of these fans have kids that have to play any sport where they have to go out and listen to people. And if you listen to Kenny's post-game show, uh, his press conference, his conversation with a parent of a player on the team now wanted to know how are you dealing with, dealing with the negativity of the media and social media. So for all you people saying nobody's listening, nobody's watching and caring about what you all are saying about their kids that they sent here for us to support, they are watching. And if you all don't think high school basketball and AAU basketball is not a fraternity just like coaches are, it's a fraternity. And those parents can talk to other parents. And you all will be sitting back here next February in the same boat with a bunch of transfer reporter kids or a bunch of high school kids who may be our last resort because we can't get, 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 get good kids because we're a negative fan base. And I've never seen you all like this, ever. So let's continue to support the team, go to the Yum Center, buy a fifteen, twenty dollar ticket, and cheer these guys on and let's see what can happen the rest of the year. And if it happens the KP has, has gotten them better to the point that Josh gives him another year, so be it. If he doesn't here, if he's not here, so be it. Cheer the Appreciate team the call, on. Dana. Thanks, there. buddy. Yes, absolutely. Cheer him cheer him on. I mean that that's hundred percent I agree with with that part of what Dana said, cheer on this team, cheer on these kids. Um, I will say, you know, Georgia Tech's the 13th ranked team in the conference. Like, yes, we need to enjoy this victory. Got that ass whoop. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it, Spence. I was wondering when it was going to happen. Um, uh, Georgia Tech's the 13th ranked team in the conference. Like, let's not make this a bigger deal than what it is. Let's enjoy it because it's a win, but let's not make it a bigger deal than what it is. And I hate to sound so cynical because, you know, Dana was talking about, you know, parents talk to other parents and, and, and all of this stuff. But listen, I hate to sound cynical the the fan base is the least of of a of a player's concern when they are in this day and age of college basketball when they are picking a school yes the the fan engagement and and all of that is important and it ranks somewhere but NIL ranks way higher than anything else and they're going to go a, where they feel like they have a spot and they can be utilized and they can get to the league. And two, where they're going to get the biggest NIL payout. That's just where we are. It's the same thing in college football. It's the same way in college basketball. That is just the nature of the beast. That's where we are right now. So we can talk about the fan base's negativity and all of this stuff. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Also, newsflash, every fan base has negativity in it. Absolutely. That's just the nature of the Like, we... I, mean, I don't want to go to zero to Alabama. Like Alabama football is just one football game. And the whole fan base is trying to burn down the city. Like it's yes, just, that's how it is in some cultures and some fans. And again, a lot of people are more in the middle. But you know, there's extremes on both sides that want to make every win. You know, national championship or it's the worst thing ever. Fire this guy right now. Like, yeah, it can be in the middle. Like again, Georgia Tech, not a very good team. They're in year one under David Stoudemire. But you know what? This team needs wins. This you know for morale. 
for just enjoyment, you know, because I don't want these kids to be miserable the rest of their, you know, playing days. No, and and again, you can support the players, you can support the hard work that they're putting in there, but my God, guys, it's Georgia Tech. Like, let's let's pump the brakes just a little bit here, okay? And it doesn't change the fact that we lost to Chattanooga, and it doesn't change the fact that we won four games last season, and it doesn't change the fact that we went overtime to beat New Mexico State at home, and if the kid doesn't miss two free throws, Louisville loses that game. And then we have another thing that we're looking at going, how did you do that? I get Kenny Payne's a nice guy. I get that he played here. I get that he's responsible for one of the banners that's hanging up in the Young Center, and he will always be an alumni here. But, I mean, guys, come on. Come on. This is Louisville basketball, and we have a standard. And nothing that we have seen over the last couple of years has lived up to that standard. I really wanted to do fun Louisville basketball postgame. We won a game postgame show, but then we want to come out of the woodwork and act like we just hung a banner and won a national championship. And guys, come on. Like, come on. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. David has, we got a full bank of calls, so when somebody drops off, you can drop in. David, welcome into your Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame. What's up, man? Oh, yes, Taylor. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm just celebrating tonight's win because when you look at just the game the way it was when like seven or eight minutes to go when Georgia Tech was up nine or ten, I thought it was over for us, but I was happy that, you know, things, you know, things, you know, came alive. And uh, I think it was a Trey White that hit, somebody hit the threes and then something was starting to work for once. You know, we, we finally, you know, Georgia Tech started turning the ball over and we, you know, getting to the free throw, free throw line and, the fact that, you know, the player, like I said, Caleb Glenn having the night that he was having, getting the offensive rebounds, and um, like I said, ha- uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, the way he's come on the past, you know, several games. Uh, uh, I guess basically just say everybody that is currently playing right now, with it, it, I guess you'd say that the injuries that the team has had to endure too as well, that, you know, the, the, the players that can, you know, stick, you know, can stay in there and keep, the, keep things going when you have injuries on the team. Absolutely. And also playing through injuries, too. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. I appreciate the call, David. Yeah, I mean, they've come together over the last couple of games, and they're playing really well. And that is something that we can celebrate and something that we can point to and go, wow, you know, this team is, is playing better. They're playing more like a team. And that's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay. It's okay to acknowledge it. And and it's it's certainly okay to tip your hat to what these guys have been able to do, especially what they did tonight, what Caleb Glenn did tonight. Uh, I keep going back to it, but 15 points, 13 rebounds for the hometown kid. I mean, that is something that, you know, he he talked about when he came here to Louisville that he wanted to bring the winning culture back to Louisville, get Louisville into March Madness. Um, and I, that's obviously not going to happen this season, but, you know, he brings that attitude, that tenacity, that work ethic, and it's great to see a guy rewarded when you know how hard they work. Let's go back to the phone lines. Andy has been waiting. Andy, welcome in, man. What's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for doing what you're doing tonight. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, the games that they lost earlier in the year, if they played them now, maybe they win. They probably win a lot of them. I mean, they have gotten better. There's no doubt about it. Um, will they get better if he stayed and some of the, and they stayed and he coached next year? Probably. But nobody's going to find that out, more than likely. And if he loses this job, what are the odds he's going to get hired at any other D1 coaching job after this year? 
I'd say it's probably not going to happen. So that's kind of saying something right there. And as far as why he still has his job, is because he hasn't lost the locker room. Those guys still speak highly of him. Um, they've definitely gotten better. And I think that's what Josh heard. You know, they said he met with the players. I think that was the conversation they had. I think under Mac, they probably had not heard, I guess, that it was a tirade at the time, but they had that conversation with the players, and I think all the players were done with it. I think he lost the locker room. So, he, you know, they negotiated a deal, and he had to go. Actually, I guess Hurd did that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He negotiated the deal. Okay, beautiful. And that's one thing when people dump on him. That was an unbelievable thing that he kind of negotiated and got out of. I mean, Saved Louisville a lot of money. I mean, oh, absolutely. And, and you know, and then the Siderfeld thing as well. I mean, pretty amazing that he was able to do those two things. Because everybody, i never forget when they retired Russ's number and they played Notre Dame. It was obvious to everybody in the Young Center that day that he had lost that team. I mean, everybody in the arena knew how you beat Notre Dame. Their game hasn't changed at all. Yet they were just <laughs> popping open threes all day long, all day long. I digress. Um, but anyway, you know, it, it, it's kind of a shame this day and age. You know, if he would have started off a small school somewhere, and this was the scenario that he was going through, like how most coaches start, he'd probably get a third year. And, you know, he may get that opportunity to build it up and build it up. But this is Louisville. Probably should have been hired in the first place. Um, I was excited when he was coming. I feel like a hypocrite a little bit, but hindsight's twenty twenty. So I wish him the best. I hope they win the rest. I hope they win out. Um, I'm not one of those people. I think he's gone regardless unless they happen to go crazy and – Win three games in the ACC tournament and make mm-hmm. some noise. I don't see. I don't see that happening. But um, I don't know. Go cards. It's going to be better. And I think you're right. The fan base. We're all going to come together, one way or another. So, y'all have a good night. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Andy. I, I think Andy had the statement of the night. I, I don't know. Go cards. <laughs> I think that's kind of how everybody. That's kind of how everybody should feel. Obviously, that's not how everybody does feel, but I think that's everybody how everybody should feel. I don't know, go cards. Um, I agree, though. I think, look, I didn't want to do coaching search radio tonight. I wanted to enjoy a win, but you all are forcing my hand tonight, so that's fine. But do I think, I think anything short, and Spence, you can tell me what you think here, but I, anything short of Louisville, you know, going on a run, in the ACC tournament and getting to a semifinal or the championship game of the ACC tournament. I, I think anything short of that, it's, it's probably a wrap. And even with that, is it worth enough to, I mean, maybe so I'm not, again, that's, that's the dream scenario though, is for us yeah. to do that, you know, Patrick Ewing at Georgetown where he makes the conference championship run. I'll be in the under weird circumstances that year, but they still, they won the conference, made the NCAA tournament that year. And he kept his job for another year, actually two years, but mm-hmm. that's the only re- way you keep him here. Cause it, it has gone as poorly as we, not as we thought, but as poorly as it could go. And yeah, they basically need a miracle run in the AC tournament. And even then it may not be enough to save him because maybe the damage is already done at some point. But I do agree that he has not lost the locker room. And I think that, you know, Mac definitely lost the locker room here. And, and you can tell that. Bobby that, on the football that, side, we saw that Bo- too. Yes, we know what it's Bobby like on to the see football a team. Side. Even last year's team, you could make a case. But that was maybe 
Also, you know, some selfish motives like LLs and others. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know, he has not, and that's good. And I and again, I think he's a great person. I think he's a good man. Uh, he's obviously a good role model for these kids, but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And that's the danger that you run into when you hire an alumni is it's, it's great. And it's great fanfare at the beginning and it's warm and fuzzies and everybody's happy and kumbaya and all of that. But if it goes wrong, it's a sticky situation and it's uncomfortable for everybody involved. Um, and there's a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of step toes and, and it's just, it's, it's not a fun situation to be in. And that's the situation that Louisville finds themselves in. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're, we're enjoying this one. At least damn it. I'm trying to enjoy this one tonight. Uh, Louisville beating Georgia tech. Uh, let's go back to the phone line. Shaq has been waiting. Shaq. Welcome in, man. What's up? Hey, yeah, I'm hundred percent. And I, I'm actually going to start and try to end with, with that saying, I don't know. Go cards. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I enjoy all of it. I mean, I, I, I'm just that fan. I'm like worldwide. The producer used to be there. I'm sort of that fan. That's like <laughs> everybody on these extremes is always kind of funny to me. But um, yep. I think I think that I think the fan. I mean, I think the team played great. Um, I think they, you know, I mean, played played very good. Obviously, stuff to improve. Now, I think they've been playing it even even uh, some of the losses even earlier. But but you know, kind of some letdowns here and there. But they they definitely improve and um, and just about the sort of like the t- <laughs> was it just the testicular four to two guy. I, mean, I think like some of the fans got to have that as well. I mean, like the chicken little syndrome. I don't. Again, I'm a middle ground person. I don't. I don't believe in chicken little syndrome. That that like that caller uh, display. Like you know, oh, we win some games and we go. I'm I'm like okay, we win some games. Josh is. I mean, he worked at he worked at the uh, in Washington. You know, the Pentagon in different places. I believe. I don't think this is going to sway him from making a decision on on this one way or the other. And, and like, if he wins, he wins. If he loses, he loses. You know. And you know, I don't personally. Um, I think that you know, I always like when Satterfield when he was here, and they was they were saying like, should he should he be retained or not? When we lost Boston to Boston College and Safe Flowers, mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I was like, wait, why always position things? I always have like a there's an opportunity that amazing can happen. I was like, unless he goes on some kind of crazy run and they totally turn it around, I mean, he's out here, and they actually kind of did it. I mean, like he just chose to leave when. That one game where they had like what six, like pick turn, touchdowns or whatever, I was there it was crazy, and and so I equate that to like Kenny Payne in in such a way that, I mean, is there a possibility? I mean, like the, on the other side, the fans are like, oh man, he didn't have a chance, you know, I'll, you know, give him more rope. Yeah, I mean, he he came in bad bad situations, but he show, he has displayed to me that. Um, he's not like saying he's just a terrible coach. He's just, I, w- I would say the way I look at it is, I think he's a. Uh, you, you have seen skill development a lot on the off. No defensive skill develop- development, uh, in my opinion. And you've seen like interpersonal wise, he has great interpersonal relationships. The the two things that he really, to me, really lacks is the the ta- overall tactical concept of the bas- of basketball, like well this and that. And then on the other side, operational communication. So far as like you know, like on the grand scheme, like it's already right, because I, I don't really care if coaches talk to the media a lot in general. Like I actually it frustrates me in games when they talk to me. It makes me mad. It makes me go laugh. Makes me mad. <laughs> but I'm not the guy that you need to talk to the media. Um, and I'm not the guy that you know and that doesn't bother me. But when you take a job like this, like UK, like U of L, like Alabama football coach. 
um, the way you, the reason you get paid so much money is because people are crazy and they're fanatics. It's, it's like you could get paid instead of getting paid three to five million dollars, six million dollars, you could get paid two or three million dollars, but because you're like an ambassador. So you got to kind of do something to take on that part of the job. So, um, so I'm just saying that is part of it. And I just think Kenny's not a terrible coach, like all the way around, but I don't think he's more of a skill development, not a tactical overall program to this point, display leader. And I'll just say this, um, just, just like people worry about, oh, he's going to stick around or you got to give him this, give him that. I would say like the only way to me is like if they went on that crazy run, say they went to the conference championship game, that's one leg. To me, it's three legs. If, if somehow some recruiting surge happened that we like, oh, we got these recruits, because that's another thing. And then the coaching staff, just from the outside looking in, because Kenny doesn't have to do all those things. If he's a bad com- communicator, or if he's bad at this, that, that's why your staff got to fill you out. When, you, when you're the CEO executive, nobody can be uh, perfect. That's why they're saying, like, what did, how did Moses succeed as a leader? He leaned, leaned on his staff. You got you to gotta be good at that. So even if you went on that run, in the future, will that give us confidence? That's like when I do was at IU and he went to the championship game. They still fired him because they didn't have confidence in the other elements. So I just feel like, you know, we're going to be okay. Enjoy this win. I am enjoying this win. <laughs> I'm just, and I'm just sitting back <laughs> drinking my tea, looking at everybody arguing with each other because I'm like, blood and crypt's going on fandom. And hey, we need some family healing. Um, but hey, I don't know. Go cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's exact. That is the theme of the night. I don't know. Go cards. I mean, I think that we would feel a little bit different about this season had Kenny made some changes to his coaching staff in the off season, because, you know, let's, let's not pretend that, I mean, Shaq brought up a really good point there. Louisville doesn't, they've got one guy committed next season in this class. I mean, you should have multiple guys committed at this point, guys interested. Um, and we've heard zero, nothing crickets. Um, what's Carter Knox? Yeah. What's he up to these days? Oh my God, dude. Graced everybody with his, I mean, it, Look, I've seen less scripted stuff on MTV than Carter Knox just showing up at at Louisville given the the time in which he was here. So, you know, the, the recruiting, you're doing nothing on the recruiting front, at least that it looks like. And, you know, I still don't know what Josh Jamison does other than I know he holds a clipboard and he does it very well. Um, but, you know, you if you're Kenny, you've got to surround yourself with guys that can do some of the things to, to what Shaq said, that can do some of the things that you don't do very well. And as far as we can tell, he really hasn't done that. So maybe if you made some changes to your, your staff, then maybe we'd feel a little bit different about this season, but he has been headstrong and defiant um, in, in the way that he wants to do things. And that's fine. I mean, it's his program. He can run it the way that he wants to run it, but just understand that there are, consequences when things aren't going well and if you're going to own it um then you got to own it all the way through and to his credit he has done that so we'll kind of see how things go when in these last couple of games this season um but i think we're going to know relatively soon after the acc tournament what's going to happen here at louisville let's go back to the phone lines jerry has a winning jerry welcome in man what's up hey real quick uh you know i hear the phrase online with twitter bots are we sure bots aren't calling this show? <laughs> okay, because here's the deal. Tonight, as a trash ball game, two trash teams, terrible 
with basketball. There's no way around it. Okay. No. He's twelve. He's twelve and forty-four guys. There's nothing to talk about. Okay. It kills me to listen to people that claim they're fans call into this show and want to attack fans that want to talk about reality. Okay. People that want to talk the truth. I'll talk the truth. I heard somebody say tonight. We're the program that once ran off Denny Crum that won two national championships. That's a fact, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. We're, also, we're also right down the road from a program that lost today to Gonzaga that their fans put for sale signs in their front yards. A Hall of Famer's coach put for sale signs in his yard this afternoon after they got beat. <laughs> so here's the deal. I don't drop my standards He's he's twelve and forty four. There's nothing to talk about. Let me let me square you on one more thing or a couple more things if I can. The eighty six yep. banner. Yes, he was a member of that team. I'm a big fan. I've been a fan since I was twelve years old. I'm sixty three years old. I know what I saw in nineteen eighty six, and he did not contribute in the tournament or the regular season to that banner. Yes, he was on the team. Giving credit for that. But the people that want to talk about him being, a, you know, he, he was, had some responsibility for that banner. No, he didn't. I think he scored about five points in the tournament. He didn't play in the final. I don't think he played in the semi. Okay, I don't have the stats in front of me. He played about as much as Zan plays right now. Okay? Now, um, people want to talk about the ACC tournament. He could win the damn thing, if for all I care, and I don't want him back because I've seen what I see and I know what I'm watching with my eyes. You know, and and people want to say it, he he hasn't lost the locker room. It's easy to keep the locker room when you don't have when you don't have that many players. Everybody's getting to play. Why shouldn't they be happy? You know, um, and and another thing that kills me, and I'm just going to say this. You guys have said it tonight, and I'm going to call you out on it because I don't think you know for a fact this is true. He's a good person, blah, blah, blah. I don't think you guys know him personally, okay? And the thing that kills me about that is is I look at it like as a, as a hardcore fan, you know, he stood up there last year and, 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 and basically flaunted or, or was arrogant about not wanting to change his staff. And whoever asked the question, they said, he said, I don't understand your question. Mm-hmm. Well, when he said that, it told me all I needed to know about the guy. He knew what the guy meant. He was up there. He was arrogant. And his arrogance has got us where we're at right now. I'm not crazy about the guy. I'm a huge fan. I remember him when he played. He was a decent player, you know, scored over 1,000 points and all that stuff. But he shouldn't have never got this job. He shouldn't have never got interviewed. You know, it's like I've said a hundred times on a lot of different shows. I was never for the hire. I always said he needed to go cut his teeth in the OVC or somewhere. Yep. And boy, and you know, and and the, and the, just the mere fact that he wasn't willing to take the pay cut and bet on himself and go to the OVC or someplace like that and coach, it told me all I needed to know. And I and I called it before they ever hired him. And I'm and I'm right on. And I know what I'm looking at. And so to all those guys that call in, are you bots or what? I don't know what they are. 
but they're not, you know, they're not convincing me of anything else, and, and I'm not going to feel any guilt for feeling the way I feel about the whole deal. You know, so I appreciate your time, guys. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Jerry. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, you know, he had opportunities while he was at Kentucky to go to DePaul and be the head coach at DePaul, and he didn't want to take it. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't necessarily want to go take the job at DePaul either. But there is something to be said about being a first-time head coach, and there is something to be said about moving from one chair to the first chair. And there is a major difference. There is a major change that comes with that. And some people are just fantastic assistants and not necessarily great head coaches. And other people can make that transition really well. And I I think Kenny is probably a really good assistant. And I don't necessarily think that he's cut out to be a head coach, especially at this level. I mean, this Louisville job is not the job that you give to anybody, regardless if it's Kenny Payne or, or who it is. If a guy's never been a head coach before, you don't give him this job. I, and, and I would say that just about anything. I would say... You don't give them. You don't give them the Kansas job. You don't give them. Um, you know, you you pick a job. You don't give you, them now. We can't there say are, UNC Duke though because they literally did that. Although to be fair did. to them, the guy was on staff and they just moved yeah. him over. Not they, someone, an outsider. And it's not a guy that's not been in college basketball for three seasons. It's it, they gave it to a guy that had been on staff that had seen the changes that were occurring in college basketball, and were able to jump in and knew what they were getting into. You brought somebody in that had been removed from college basketball when college basketball had undergone some of the biggest cultural and, and rule changes and NIL had come into play and the one-time transfer had come into play and so many things had changed in the landscape of college basketball since Kenny Payne had last coached a game in college basketball and you throw him into this as a guy that a has never been a head coach and b now all of this has changed since the last time you were here good luck go figure it out you don't do that at a place like louisville yeah you you, you just don't you do that at georgia tech which they quite literally do the same yes. thing david starmer was with the Southern the last few years he'd been previously the head coach at pacific in the west coast conference he had you know he had the head coaching experience sure but you know he went to the nba was out of the league for a couple of years then comes back to college, and yeah, there's growing pains there. As we played earlier this week on the drive and other shows, and earlier the show even, they got their ass kicked by Wake Forest the other day by 29 points. There's growing pains there. They beat UNC and Duke. But that's also, you know, first-time head coach at this level for Georgia Tech. That's where you go for, you know, these jobs there. I, I agree with everything you said about, you know, you're outside college basketball for a couple years, Kenny, and you come back, and it's drastically different than when you left. Yeah, absolutely. And so you and and then not only is it different, but you don't adapt to it. And I think that's been the issue. He he fought NIL. He didn't want to, you know, use the transfer portal, didn't want to use NIL, had NIL available to him and I believe still does, but wasn't, you know, didn't want to do it. Wanted to bring kids here that wanted to be at Louisville. I'm sorry. Look, I don't care. The, Louisville is a fantastic program. It is a storied, historic program. You know what else is? Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, uh, the team up the road for as much as I hate it, but they are. Um, and all of these schools are utilizing NIL. All of them. Because you know what? They understand that these kids don't give a damn how many dusty trophies you have in your trophy case. They don't care. They care about what are you going to give me and how quickly are you going to get me to the league. And that's just where we are. 
Nobody and goes you to could, UCLA to win number 12 for them. No, no, absolutely. They don't give a damn. They just want to get to the league, make as much money in college as they can. And sure, does it help to be part of a storied program because you have a fantastic fan base and you're going to pack the place and you're going to get more TV eyeballs on you watching you play? Absolutely. Absolutely. That matters, but it's not the most important thing. And, and you know, for Kenny to come in here and say, oh, I'm going to find guys that just want to play for Louisville and want to play and want to be at Louisville. Like, it, it, it's not it's not that important anymore. OK, it, it's it's not. And look, as much as I would love to have kids here for three and four years and really get to know the roster and and have the same connection to a roster like we had with the 2013 national champions where we we knew, you know, everything about Russ and and Peyton and then and Luke came in and he was here for a couple of years and, and you had, you know, those the you felt connected to that team. That was fantastic. It's never gonna be that way again. You're gonna have kids here one or two years and they're gone. But you can still have a really damn good basketball program, and you can win a lot of games. And we've seen that happen. We've seen teams be flipped on their head, and that is why the the leash is so short for any head coach coming into a program, whether it's Kenny or anybody else, because of how quickly you can flip a roster nowadays. It's it's going to be different. It's not the same anymore. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Harold has a waiting. Harold, welcome in, man. What's up? Hey, hey, how you doing? I'd just like to make a comment. Uh, let's enjoy the win. Let's enjoy how hard those kids are playing. Uh, it does make a difference when you haven't lost the locker room. And it can easily be lost. So let's just enjoy what we have. We ask for the kids to play, ask for the team to play better, and we ask for improvement. True enough, they didn't start out as if they were going to be going to see that. And it's, it's a gradual change. If Kenny's not here, Hey, then so be it. But let's get behind the kids. As far as Josh, we don't know what Josh is doing uh, and has he talked, how, he, how he has talked with Kenny. You know, Josh got a lot on his plate. Those who don't, people who don't run those multi-million-dollar companies, hey, Josh has to negotiate. Uh, he's paying out a lot of ex-coaches and everything. So if, if you pull the plug, maybe, maybe I don't know, you pull the plug on Kenny in December. And Kenny was like, okay, that's an embarrassment. You didn't do what you wanted to pay my whole uh, buyout. Now, you know, he might be like, hey, you gave me a chance. You stuck with me. You didn't embarrass me. Instead of paying my whole buyout, okay, if it buys $10 million, okay, $5 million. You know, come on. Everybody don't understand business running those multi-million-dollar corporations. It's just not that easy. Let's give Josh some credit. And let's Support the kids. Go cards. Appreciate the call, Harold. Let's go back to the phone lines. We'll keep it rolling. Chris, you're up next on your Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame show. What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going tonight? It's going, man. I just, I just wanted to say, you know, I keep hearing you guys at 93.9 say how you just want to enjoy the win, glad for the kids, and I'm sure you are, but you all, uh, in particular at ninety three nine, and a lot of the other talking heads, are not realistic. Yes, Louisville is a top ten job in the past. This is a program, the only program that has had a national championship vacated. Okay, and after that was vacated, then they hired a coach who decided 
to get caught up, not maliciously, I don't think, in another scandal while they don't have a ruling from the NCAA, and he quits. And I, I might add, he put up very little resistance uh, to the situation. And he was supposedly this wonderful coach, and his record at Xavier and other places was impressive. But but the people that are judging Kenny Payne are judging based upon what they wish the situation was, not what the situation is. And I hear this statement tonight about how after one year, one year of taking over a dumpster fire, Kenny didn't make coaching changes. I mean, one year, guys. He didn't hang on to the same people three years. It was one year. And and you expect a man, if he believes in the coaching staff, to just make changes like Mark Stoops does every year and to the same effect, seven or eight wins a year, generally speaking, with no real change. No, that that's called principle. I'm telling you, I've been a Cardinal fan for over 50 years, okay? I saw U.S. Reed hit a three-quarter court shot against a team that probably was on a course to the Final Four National Championship in the 81-82 season. I saw all of it. And I'm telling you, regardless of whether what you're saying you can rebuild a program in one or two years, that might be true when you're down to a certain level. But Louisville was at the bottom. And you can have the Yum Center, the most beautiful facilities in the world, but if you have been under investigation for five years, and that is a fact, you've had a title vacated, that is a fact, Kenny Payne should be judged at the end of this year. And if at the end of this year Kenny has won 12 or 13 games, plus wins a game or two in the tur- in the conference tournament, Kenny should be giving a third year. It makes absolutely no sense to fire him and pay an $8 million buyout when everybody admits he has not lost the locker room. He is a good person, and the kids are fighting for him. Again, we we need to go back to where we are or where we wish we were. Yes, if we were at Kentucky, we would just reload, but we're not at Kentucky. We're at Louisville. And Louisville has not been relevant in the college basketball landscape since the investigations and the vacation of the title. Again, you can tell yourself all day long, I'm a 50-year fan, that we are, we have not been. And even against the Dukes, when we played, we played them relatively close for a fair amount of that game. And they are making progress. And if they, Let's give them in until the end of the year. And at the end of the year, progress is not shown. Let's say he whiffs and they win one more game, then Kenny's got to go. But if Kenny manages to win 12 or 13 games and win a game or two in the conference tournament, the man deserves a third year. Go Cards. I think we – did we lose him, Spence? We now have – I thought we lost you for a second, honestly. Dude, listen – I'm in a good mood tonight, and I'm in a giving mood, and I'm, I don't want to be an ass to people, but I, it is all I could do. I wanted to let Chris finish because he waited, and he, and he waited his turn, and I wanted to let him finish, but my God, 
Kenny's going to be judged at the end of the year. You're damn right. And and you know what the judgment's going to be? You're gone. Goodbye. Thank you for your time. Here's your money. We'll find a way to raise it. Get out of here, please, so that we can get back. The fact that, that, that he said Louisville basketball has not been relevant in years. I, I, please, please, please give me a minute. Let me run the numbers for you. The year that Matt quit, Louisville was 13 and 19. The year before that, they were 13 and 7. And I believe we had the COVID year that cut the season short. At one point, they were ranked 16th in the nation that season. The year before that, they were 24-7. and They were ranked number one in the country. They beat Michigan at home. The year before that, they were 20-14 and in Chris Mack's first season at Louisville. The year before that, they were 22-14 and under David Padgett. They went to the NIT. The year before that, they were 25-9. and then they were 23 and 8. Then they were 27 and 9 in 2014. And we'll go back to the national championship. They were 31 and 6. Louisville has been relevant. Louisville was relevant when Chris Mack was here. Louisville will be relevant again. Louisville is still looked at as one of the top 10 jobs in the country. And if you don't believe that, then you're delusional and I can't help you. Louisville is a historic basketball program. They need to be treated as such. Our fan base needs to continue to believe that Louisville is a historic basketball program because they are. When you mention Kansas, when you mention Carolina, when you mention Duke, when you mention the team up the road, you mention Louisville. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. If you don't believe it, I can't help you. Would you consider Iowa State a basketball powerhouse, Taylor? No. Okay, yeah. Just one. So bear with me for a second. A few years back, they won two games all season. They fire their coach. They hire TJO away. They win 22 games like the Sweet 16. Year one. It can yep. be done. At Iowa State. There's other examples out there we can find. Countless. Look at South Carolina. Yeah. Now it's year two for Lamont Paris there, but he's turned that around a bit. Yeah, yeah, I would say so just a, a little bit. Oh, Last yeah. time I checked, they were they were first in the, uh, in the SEC where it just means more. So uh, I, I just – I can't – I cannot understand. God, we have had every – End of the spectrum tonight on the show. All right. I, I feel a little bit better now. Let's go back to the phone lines. Mike has been waiting. Mike, welcome in. Well, y'all got my blood pressure up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I agree. Kenny's got to go. I mean, uh, I think Kenny I think Kenny has improved as a coach over his two years that he's been here because I think he came from really – I didn't know what we was doing the first year. I swear I didn't. I finally figured out what we're doing on offense, but I still we play zero defense, mm-hmm. and we played zero defense since he's been here. Uh, I think we should go after Kelvin Sampson. The man only has like a five hundred fifty thousand dollar buyout. Nobody thinks he's going to go anywhere because he's at Houston and he loves it. All right, let's go down there and make him an offer he can't refuse. The man coaches great defense. He knows the players. He can get the players. And they play a fun style. And if he can win at Houston, what can he do at Louisville? And let's don't settle for no – the, the Baylor coach, the guy plays no defense at all. He, he won a year. He won a championship. It was COVID. You know, anything could have happened then. Hell, Virginia won a championship with COVID. I mean, no fans in the stands, and 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 they had their own referees there giving the effing game every damn time. Uh, I mean, I, uh, 
I like Kenny. I remember Kenny as a player, and he had zero effect on that banner. He he didn't hardly play at all. Uh, uh, we had Tony Kimbrough played a, a lot on that team. Uh, Kenny was a freshman. He didn't play. Uh, Kenny wasn't any good until his junior, almost senior year. Then he started being good. You know, he was a good player. I think the kid that we have now, Chris Curtis Williams, is a better mm-hmm. player than Kenny ever was. And and I think he's going to be a great, better player than Kenny ever was. Now, as far as coaching, we need a coach that's going to win next year. We need a coach next year. We're going to go into, we're going to be in the tournament, and we're going to be a threat to win a national championship. That's what we need. Year one, we don't need somebody to come in here and maybe they can do it or hope that they can do it. We need somebody who's going to do it, and that's what we need. And uh, I, I love Kenny. I know he's a good person, but you know what? He sat over on that bench down there for that other team. I lost a lot of respect for him. And uh, when he comes in here, he's got a lot of people that like him. You know, everybody likes him. Everybody likes Kenny. But sitting down there on that bench down there at that other team, that was like a slap in the face to Louisville to me. And then he come up here and he, he talked about, do you see all these when he played Kentucky? you see all them players, all that stuff? Well, I don't care. You, you, were come, you came here to get us all them players. And when Trenton Flyers left, that was a sign. And then all of a sudden, Dennis gets hurt. You know, he's had some bad luck. J.J. gets hurt. But you know what? We got some players on our team that, that aren't Louisville players, aren't capable of being Louisville players of the past. They wouldn't play on our old teams. We need to get back to getting the players and having the coach and winning. And that's on Josh. And he's got to make the decision, and he's got to do it, and he's got to negotiate with Kenny to get that buyout low or whatever. He, he can do it. But we need a winner, and we need one now. And I'll say – Go cards, and we're going to get it right. Peace out. Appreciate the call, Mike. I don't know. Go cards. That's that's how we feel tonight. Kelly Dickey coming in clutch here. Kenny Payne played eight minutes and scored two points in three games during the 86 NCAA tournament, never leaving the bench during the Final Four. I don't know how we got on that subject tonight. This show took a ton of turns, um, but but there you go. A little bit of a uh, little bit of NCAA tournament knowledge, a little Kenny Payne knowledge there from our friend. Uh, Kelly Dickey. We'll take a quick look here at your UPS Jobs Top 25 scoreboard. Lots of Top 25 action tonight. Currently number 8, Arizona up 47-40 at the half over Colorado. Number 21, BYU with a 36-27 lead over Kansas State at the half. Number 22, Utah State with a 41-30 lead over Boise State. Number 1, UConn, no trouble this afternoon against Georgetown. 89-64, the final in that one. Rutgers pulling the upset over number 11, Wisconsin, 78-56 in that one. Number 16, Alabama with a 109-92 win over LSU. Number 19, Creighton with a 78-71 win over Xavier. South Carolina continuing their winning ways. They are now 21-3 and 9-2 and in conference play with a 75-60 win over Vanderbilt. Duke, no trouble against Boston College, 80-65 there. 
Number 10, Illinois falls to a resurgent Michigan State team, 88 to 80. The Spartans are now 15 and 9 and 7 and 6 in Big Ten play. Number 14, Iowa State with a 71-59 win over TCU. Florida with uh, a upset over Auburn, 81-65. Number three, Miami, in thrilling fashion, beats, or sorry, loses to North Carolina. Uh, number three, North Carolina beats Miami, 75-72. Uh, number five, Houston, the aforementioned Kelvin Sampson, uh, with a 67-62 win over Cincinnati. The game of the day, number 17, Kentucky falling at home. For the third time in a row, 89-85 to a mid-Gonzaga team. Um, darn, hate that. Uh, number 23, Texas Tech with a 66-59 win over UCF. Number 4, Kansas with a 64-61 thriller over number 13, Baylor. Uh, number 7, Marquette with an 86-75 win over St. John's. Number 2, Purdue. No problems in their rivalry against Indiana, 79-59. Number 6, Tennessee, falls to Texas A&M, 85-69. And wrapping it up, Richard Pitino's number 25 ranked New Mexico squad drops this one to UNLV, 82-77. The upset there for UNLV. So that is your UPS Jobs Top 25 scoreboard. Shift your focus at UPS Jobs. Apply today, upsjobs.com. Busy Busy day in do the you, top 25. Do you think Rick Barnes thinks it's March already? <laughs> he's just starting early this year. Yeah, he's like, we're going to start the, you know, just mailing in right now. We're going to, we're going to start the slide now. We're going to, we're going to start it a little bit early this year. Because um, that no, was I mean, abysmal for Tennessee. Yeah, that was terrible. And then what, Wisconsin, I mean, to lose to Rutgers was insane to me. I mean, I mean, Rutgers does have one of the top recruiting classes for next year, so. That's true. They do. It just means more there. <laughs> Rutgers to the SEC. Call it now. Oh, man. All right. I think that's going to do it, Spence. Um, this has been a night. <laughs> Louisville gets the win over Georgia Tech. 79-67. to 67. The Cards back in action Tuesday night, 9 o'clock on the ACC Network. They take on Boston College in Chestnut Hill. Ethan Moore will have you for your post game sometime Wednesday morning uh, for that one. For Spencer, I'm Taylor. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks for all your calls and all your interaction. We appreciate it. And until next time, go Cards. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. 
it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. 